Welcome to Be and Think in the House of Trust. My name is Sylvain Oison from Conscious Innovation. And in this show, my guests are people who ignite social and environmental impact through their investment of funds, resources, research, networks, and commitments for a better world. We look at the conditions that generate more trust and more impactful and kind collaborations. My guest today is Pauline Kildall, an impact investor, founder of She Equity, working with female founders throughout the entire African continent. She was born in Rwanda, she's a Swiss and US citizen, and she has a background in international development, angel investing, and entrepreneurship. She also led numerous innovation prizes. Sitting in the House of Trust today, I'm really curious to look at what it takes to be a catalyst impact investor in the African ecosystem. Pauline, hello. Hello, Silvana. So you are the founder of Shikwiti, a VC firm that you've established in 2020. Um, can you tell us more about it, just to get us started? Sure, yeah. She Equity is a gender-lens fund that basically is backing African female founders who are creating innovative, impactful, and scalable businesses. And so uh, She Equity really vision is around closing the gender funding in Africa, which right now it's 42 billion gender funding gap. So we want to achieve this vision by providing what I call smart investment which really is about building wealth for women, African women, mm-hmm. and uh, um, support them to deliver uh, the triple bottom line for investors and, and the whole community. So you decided to, to look at a whole continent and, and, and have a varied focus rather than just one country or one sector only, and that, that's massive. What's the advantage of doing that for you? It's actually very intentional. So um, as, as I said, uh, at She Equity, we're backing female founders, right? Uh, and, and I believe we're one of the few early stage funds that are really focusing on backing female founders who are not just building any kind of businesses, but actually building impactful, scalable, innovative businesses. And so when we were look at, looking at the strategy on how to achieve um, basically triple bottom line return, because that's what we're seeking, mm-hmm. and that's what we're prom- promising our investors, we wanted to make sure that we, we're not narrowing down the search. Mm-hmm. So it's easier if you're just looking for any business owned and led by women on the continent or in one country. But if actually you want to find the best businesses, uh, you need to basically have a, a wide range of options to choose from. That's why we have a diverse um, you know, sector we're looking at. Also, we're looking at sub-Saharan African continent because we believe this is the best way to, one, back those women who are really working very hard. They're not asking for any handout or shortcut. They're just asking the equal access to capital. And there is enough of them if you look at the, across the you know, Sub-Saharan African market. Mm-hmm. Now we know that if you're looking at each one of the country, most likely you might not find many over time for a fund life perspective. Mm-hmm. So this is why also as a part of our strategy, we added an accelerator called Share Equity Business Accelerator, mm-hmm. 
the fancy nickname is Shiba, you know, very nice name, the queen of Shibas. And the reason we added Shiba is a strategy to build a trusted pipeline and a pool of deals that are good for the, our investment thesis is because we also wanted to be able to know, just wait for those best deals to be ready. We wanted to be a part of the catalyst. I know you like the word. You too. <laughs> the catalyst who are basically, you know, paving the road and supporting those women to become investment ready. Mm. And to clarify, Shiba is not for someone who just have an idea, who's exploring. Mm -hmm. Shiba is still for a woman who already have worked hard and start building a businesses and he has started generating revenue, but still he needs a lot of support mm -hmm. and ecosystem support to become an investment ready to be appealing for the, the VC investors who are looking at really strong criteria to make an investment decision. Mm. So, so at the end, I share equity, the, I guess we're looking at the wide range of you know, sector, different countries, but also consciously and intentionally, we are you know, working with the founders in the specific markets to grow that pipeline. For us, I share equity, but also other investors who want to really uh, invest uh, in diverse team. Because at the end of the day, personally, I believe like any investor who's, who's not having women they you know, own and lead business in their portfolio, it's a risk for them because they're missing out. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm even I've, I've heard as well that Shiba is like a twin program happening and in French and in, uh, I mean, for the Francophones and for the Anglophone uh, female founders. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, it's community here. And I hear that there's a lot of rigor as well in your co-opting of partners and investors and uh, founders. So tell me, Pauline, what's the unexpected learning that you've had from all your career experience so far? Unexpected? <laughs> yes, it depends on how you define expected and unexpected. But, but over time, for me, what I have learned, yes, um, you, when you are younger, you go to school or whatever, you, you know, have a, maybe your parents have a vision for you. In my case, was my parents wasn't just my vision because as you mentioned, I was born and raised in Rwanda and growing up in Rwanda. As a kid, it wasn't about your vision. It was about what your parents want you to do, right? Um, so then they were sent to, to the school that they think that will allow you to be able to deliver on the expectation. And that, that was fine for, for me and for anyone, I think, growing up in Rwanda at that time. But down the road, you know, you go to school, you learn math, you learn history, you learn geography, you learn everything that you're supposed to be needing to go out there and, and, uh, and, and do the job. Uh, in my case, I, I went to law school, so you're learning law and everything. But, uh, but no one really prepare you about how when you show up at the job, one, you expect it to know what to do, but, uh, but what helps you navigate the complexity and deliver better, higher uh, outcomes than the average is, is how you utilize, you tap into your emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. how, how, you, how you learn how to build a relationship because you learn about the, the importance of teamwork. Mm. In a school in general, there's a level of competitions about getting the grades, getting the scholarship, getting everything. 
but you realize the moment you get a job, you know, there's a, your contribution, but you win together, you know. Mm. You, you need to have, be a team player, otherwise you're not going to get far. Um, so, so, so for me, th- those are the things I just learned on the job, and I realized it doesn't matter whether I was working for an NGO, working for a UN, running a private foundation, now running my own business, uh, investing. The teamwork comes back over and over. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they, they learn experience, like in the case of myself and many people like me who have lived all over and represent different culture, whatever you show up in a team, and my career has been really internationally, so you know, just working at, you know, getting at your desk, doing what you need to do, you need also to understand the people around you. Mm, there's uh, a lot as, of interaction, a lot of... A lot of... of a lot of interaction, but also I think there's a, almost like a, a burden put on you as a, an immigrant. You're coming into a room, you 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 were not born and raised there, so you you need to do your job, but you need also to understand the people around you, and you find you have to find a way so that they they can understand you and and welcome you and. So those things you don't really learn them anywhere. And so as you move around over time, you 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 develop a sense of uh, you know navigating those complexity and and making it work. Because if you if you miss those, I think it's gonna be hard for you to perform at work. Yeah. So navigating complexity, understanding these new ecosystems you are coming in, also being understood by people in that ecosystem. So that really leads me to the next question here. We're in the house of trust. So I wonder, what is it? What does it take to build trust and discernment among, you know, the investors and that you're working with and to encourage them to look at, to navigate complexity uh, in that ecosystem that is the woman-led venture ecosystem? You know, without seeking to oversimplify it, how do you help them? So, I don't think I want to say I want. I'm going to help them. I think I need to understand what what are their limitations, um, mm. and and support them uh, with knowledge where they can distinguish the perceived risk versus the actual risk. Mm-hmm. Because in the space of investing, I think a lot of investors shy away from investing in markets that they don't they don't understand. And and unfortunately, um, you know, I'm focusing on on Africa. I was born and raised in Africa. I'm proud of African among other things. And I I think one of the challenge about the, the our beautiful continent is because people want they paint a picture about the whole continent, like Africa is like this. I mean, this is a 54, 55 countries, depending on which, which number you choose to use politically. Uh-huh. So with each country, there's a different complexity, different cultural understanding, different languages, right? So of course, if you sit in London and you're thinking, okay, I wanna go and invest in Africa, you might not really know where to begin because if you've never been there and understand the differences, you might think Africa is the same, right? Mm. So it's it's that you know sharing information for people to understand. Um, yes, we are proud to say we are Africans, but hey, if you're coming on to the continent, you need to understand each market or work with the partners such ourselves who understand the markets. 
and that becomes your launching pad. So you don't need to worry about where to go, how to go, how to navigate, how to read between the lines because you're working with a trusted partner. So, so for me, that, that's the role I feel like I can play. It's being that trusted partner mm. that allows you, Sylvana, if you want to come to Africa, not to second guess where to begin because I can actually work with you. And, and eventually also support you, your investment uh, objective if you choose to invest through you know, our investment vehicle. So that's number one. The second, I think it's around also um, helping people realize their own unconscious bias. Because mm-hmm. I think I think sometimes people have biases, but they don't really understand. They don't realize they have them. And um, they, their unconscious bias leads to what also they call affinity bias, which means you see, Vanna, you're probably going to be comfortable investing in another woman or someone who looks like you, who, speak, who speaks like you, who, who you, you can crack joke together or whatever, anything else that they speak, you can be able to relate. And again, this requires you to get closer to understand because if you stay in your comfort side, you will never, you know, you know, cross that line where you get to confront to your own biases and also to realize how those biases are actually making you lose out. For me, when I speak to investors uh, who are looking at African markets, who, who are asking the right questions or who are being honest saying, hey, I'm interested, but I don't really know, is also to help them to understand the facts. The fact is um, investing, Africa is, a, is a, the growing continent. Like in every single opportunity you can imagine is in Africa, right? Mm. So sometimes people make a mistake. I don't know whether it's just a, a, a conscious and a conscious mistake. And they, when they start talking about Africa, they say Africa is a, is a poor continent. And, and if, for me, the reflex, the, the immediate reflex is to say, no, Africa is actually the richest continent that by, for whatever reason has many poor people. There's a difference. Mm. The, Africa is very rich, but somehow has poor people. So people realizing that yes, Africa has a lot of potential, a lot of opportunities. If you go to invest, you go to Africa, you actually tapping into a lot of opportunity that you might not find here in Europe or North America or Asia. And then when it comes to women, uh, where is also a lot of bias, but also misunderstanding. The fact is, and this is backed by data and research, women deliver higher return. So you, you give one dollar to a, 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 you know, a man entrepreneur and you give one dollar to a woman entrepreneur, a woman will bring you at least 2.5 X comparing it to what the man is gonna bring to you. This is the research, right? So sometimes people just don't know because on one hand, sometimes people think African women only sell uh, you know, bananas, tomatoes. They might not have met a woman who's building a, a FinTech company or healthcare tech company or mobility company that are creating a job, bringing like a multiple return to investors. So, so there's a lot of uh, information sharing. Um, plus also 
you know, inviting those investors also to really be honest with them, themselves and assess their own biases and how those biases are a limitation to achieving their own objectives. I'm hearing that there's a lot of homework to do for the old guard to really put a foot in this market and to do a good and thorough job. <laughs> I think it's all become started with intention. If it, intentionally they want to do it, uh-huh. there's enough information that many of us who are ready to actually share. And, and one other thing that I just wanted to mention is, is also um, we, we're living in the world where the other keyword that is being used over and over in the, is impact, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think even if people might not put impact as a part of the investment thesis, they 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 care about that the business they back will still be around, you know, a few years from now. Uh, so when when you look at the the trickle down economics, the impact that women have uh, on the community, the statistics show that women reinvest in 95 percent of their revenue in, in the sector that will benefit everyone. Mm-hmm. Comparing it to thirty-five, you know, thirty-five percent by by men. Again, all, all those facts uh, should be um, incentive for for people to be curious enough to see what is it that they don't know that they should try to understand better before they decide on their next investment decision. There's something coming up here around the definition of catalyst that is uh, just shaping itself like catalyst is a two ways way of being. Uh, There's something around the necessity to be able to navigate complexity, be open to partnerships, um, but also working on our own biases, get closer, be curious, do your homework. (laughs) A catalyst doesn't happen without these things. I wonder, uh, so you and She Equity is a catalyst for inclusive and sustainable growth in Africa. And you appear to me as, you know, part of that cohort of of strong catalysts too. And I see people like, you know, you, Suzanne Beagle, Vicky Saunders, et cetera. Uh, they use that word catalyst in their in, in their job description. It, it's not a job title, just a job title. There's a vocation, a condition, a strong value. And I wonder what more would you like to put in that job description if someone who really wants to be a catalyst for good in Africa and, and not you know, having this terminology as a sort of woo-woo thing, but a really serious thing. What more would be needed for someone who wants to be a catalyst there? Um. I will say it starts with being a visionary leader. Um, So you have to have a vision for yourself, for for the cause, and then you have to be a leader, not a manager. Because sometimes people confuse managers and leaders. And and I think the difference for me is the leaders, uh, you know, kind of uh, inspire other people to, to follow and take actions because they convince that's the right, the right way. But also you have to be like a, really a seeker, you know, someone who's seeking and who's re- willing to take a risk and not wait for all risk to be gone so you can come in. And again, that's where the vision of leadership comes in. And, and, and you have to have a demonstrated ability to influence and mobilize, mobilize others um, for, for greater impact to something beyond yourself. Uh, so again, you know, it goes back to again, vision and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to be uh, someone who aspires to move others towards, uh, again, a shared vision mm-hmm. for, for the common good. Um, and the last, I 
think you need to demonstrate a passion for positive, positive you know, change. I think with a, with a passion, authentic passion person, people will see that you're faking it, right? So I, I think you can't be a catalyst if you don't if you don't have your a vision, a clear vision, and you are uh, a teammate, someone who wants to collaborate with others because you catalyze people to come together because you convinced that you alone, you're not gonna go far. Mm. Uh, you can go fast, as we say in Africa. You can go fast alone, but you're not gonna go far mm-hmm. when 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 you go alone. Now, tell me, as we slowly come to an end of our show, um, I got a, a little game for you. So imagine we're in 2033, a few years ahead of us, and I wonder you you know you're reading the newspapers in whatever shape or form they appear in that time. And you read the headlines and you read that same headline over and over again, and that brings you joy. What might be this headline? Um, so maybe here I'm going to disappoint you first because, because, I, but because I think for me, I, I will be, because I'm, I'm thinking about this, but I'm here now. I will first of all acknowledge what's not being discussed. Uh-huh. Like, like, like I, I will be smiling when I, I pick up a newspaper or go online. There's nothing about diversity and inclusion discussion. This is no longer a topic. Mm-hmm. No one is talking about the need to close the gap. It's gone. Uh-huh. And so then the headline will be, for example, um, a young woman from, I don't know, Dar es Salaam who has built a business that's becoming global. Uh-huh. You know, it's being utilized, I don't know, in a, somewhere in Madagascar, close to um, Indonesia, Canada, UK, you know. So, so, so starting looking at um, how the solution we, we, we are utilizing or, you know, the, the, the innovation that we're seeing are coming from all over and are being adopted across the board which then for me will make me happy because I will start seeing that now we have understood that innovation does not happen from one, one direction, right? Because we tend to think things have to come from the West and the South adopt, right? And um, in terms of, uh, you know, other headlines I will be, you know, looking for is how we will be celebrating um, the fact that there's a universal healthcare. Mm. The, the, the fact that uh, no one is, you know, food, there's abundance of food that people are eating like healthier. You know, there's innovation around um, what we eat, how we, you know, we, we, we sustain the planet. We will be celebrating the fact that you, you know, the AI is so clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the climate is amazing because we would have reversed the whole, uh, you know, climate trend that we're seeing today. Um, we will, I will be celebrating the fact that everything I'm, I'm going to be reading will have a keyword like sustainability, like impact, not, not just because those are buzzwords, but it would be a way of life. And again, I think it's 10 years from now, maybe that's super dreaming. <laughs> you know, when I look at uh, the how long it takes uh, to get things done, but I'm also an optimistic and I, I really believe in, the, in innovation and the fact that younger people are not accepting the way things are. Mm-hmm. They're working very hard. And then you have investors such as 
ourselves, share equity and others who are also putting money behind those innovations, those visionary leaders, uh, and, and that down the road, uh, you know, in a few years, uh, those who are not taking the same direction, we realize they're missing out and they will come running asking for, um, you know, how did you do it? Or can we collaborate? Or maybe they might not even need the collaboration. They will know what to do because they would have read all the headlines and, 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 uh, and joined the movement. Oh, this is beautiful. And people can't see it. You've got such a beautiful smile. You're just uh, you know, describing that vision of 2033 and uh, sustainability is a way of life and it's non-negotiable. And it just happened because people worked hard at it and it made this happen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to hear you just really describing that, that catalyst job and, and something you are putting in action in our everyday uh, uh, work at Chiquiti and, and with your other uh, connections and, and, and board's commitments. Thank you so much. Thank you. There is something electrifying in this description of a catalyst impact investor and the inner work that that entails. If you've listened to Pauline today, there are a lot of things to explore on how we are showing up. How do we make new connections? How do we explore new ecosystems effectively? How much do we work on our biases? How are we curious visionary seekers? How do we grasp risks? How do we have a purpose that is much bigger than ourselves? So that's it for today. Share this episode of Be and Think in the House of Trust with your friends, your peers, your board members, your colleagues, and anyone who also loves to invest in social change. Look up Be and Think in the House of Trust on your favorite podcast platform to find the previous episodes packed with resources, questions, and provocations. And for more conscious innovation updates and my regular wayfinding challenges, visit my site, servanemoison.co.uk, and drop me a note. Till then, be well. Take care of each other. Goodbye.